Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestonenzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe, so we can help you master the art of selling. Positive change starts with positive thoughts. That's a quote from this week's guest, Marcus Chan who's going to talk about how you can improve your sales practices and convert more deals. This episode is brought to you by VanillaSoft.com, sales engagement platform like no other. VanillaSoft is a platform that helps you engage your leads like a CRM just simply can't do. CRM are great, but to engage with your leads effectively, to turn a marketing qualified lead into a sales qualified lead and put more opportunities into your pipeline, you need to get yourself a sales engagement platform. So do yourself a favor, head over to vanillasoft.com, sign up for a free trial and see why so many salespeople are closing more deals as a result of using Vanilla Soft. So before we get into today's show, guys, I just want to say thanks again for subscribing and for listening to this podcast. I do this to help you be the very best you can be. Please continue to like, rate and share wherever you listen to podcasts. And please don't forget to send me a message on LinkedIn. I absolutely love receiving those messages of gratitude and thanks. So please keep it up. Can you believe we're already in October? We're actually in the final phase of 2020. And for many people, they're probably going to be wrapped to see 2020 go. But unfortunately, in the world of selling, right, the clock doesn't stop. The, the the target doesn't just get put on hold. So we're expected to deliver. Sales are expected to deliver. It doesn't matter what the economy is doing. doesn't matter what's happening in the world. We're expected to bring in sales results. And that's why we have the best profession in the world, right? Because it is a tough. It's, it's a, I said it in my earlier podcast, uh, Mindset Monday. It's a brutal, brutal profession. It's relentless. It has no empathy and it has no compassion. But that is what's great about it because we hold the opportunity right in our hand. That's what I love about this week's episode, right? We're talking not just about mindset. We're talking about some you know, practices that you can use to drive more opportunities into your pipeline. And it's going to be a really good episode. And I think it's, it's, it's a good time for us to be really thinking about the practices that we need to, to look at, the things that we need to be looking at to maybe alter so that we can see different results. Now, there's a couple of months to go before 2021. And this is the time where it's not just about driving harder to get the outcome for today. It's about planting the right seeds for you to achieve success in the first quarter of 2021. And this is what I want you to really think about because some of us, especially if we're doing deals, if we're working on opportunities that have a longer sales cycle, you know, that six to nine months, we could be thinking, well, it's not going to close this quarter. So should I just invest my time on current ops and not worry about the ops that I might convert in, you know, three, six, nine months? The problem is you're going to be delay. You're going to delay your issue, right? So be really thoughtful and considered as to where you're going to start to spend your time. Think about some of the practices that you want to put in place to grow net new opportunities now that might help you convert into 2021 because everything we do, it's a compound effect, yeah? So really pumped about this week's session. Can't wait to dive in 
so that we can help you be the very best sales professional you can be. Welcome to the show, Marcus. Hey, Luigi. Glad, uh, happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Super pumped to have you on the show, man. I've, I know that I've, uh, I've been following you on Insta, following you on LinkedIn, so it's good to finally get you uh, on Zoom. <laughs> Hey, I'm glad to be here. It's my absolute pleasure. Yeah, man. Well, mate, thanks again for, for coming on the podcast. And uh, before we get into, I think what's going to be a pretty cool topic to talk about, how to build relationships on a social platform. We'd love to learn a bit more about you, mate, and how you started in the world of sales. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So uh, I've been in the world of we'll call it B2B sales for 14, 15 plus years. And, you know, when I first got started in sales, um, you know, I think actually like many salespeople, I was unwilling to admit I was in sales. In fact, I was actually yeah. a little bit embarrassed, right? I was a little embarrassed because, you know, I, but I was, my, based on my parents, my heritage, they expected me to be a doctor, a lawyer, <laughs> a dentist or something like that. And I went into sales. And, you know, when I first got into sales, uh, the reason I, I went to that role is because it was to build a startup division of a big company, right? So really, I saw the vision of doing something great and they had zero clients, zero customers. So I saw it as an opportunity to build something from scratch. So not necessarily as sales, even that's what it was, yep. but it was an opportunity to build something from scratch. And that's where I launched into it. And then from there, we're fortunate to have some pretty good success. And uh, I Stayed in sales ever since, never left it, right? <laughs> sales, sales leadership, et cetera. It's all been sales. Yeah. What attract? It's a really interesting story, right? And we hear this so often. And it's funny because there are still so many salespeople that say, well, I'm not in sales. I'm an account manager, you know? And, um, and so there are still a lot of people that are embarrassed by the word or the role sales. But tell us what attracted you to the profession? Yeah, you know, it was interesting. I would say it's probably not what attracted, but probably what kept me in there, right? Like, because yeah. it, it, it didn't attract me to go inside the sales. It was really to build something from scratch. And I love that. I, I love the concept of simply um, being able to put my stamp on something, right? Yeah. To have absolutely nothing, a blank slate, and to create something from nothing. And yep. to me, that was like, wow, that was like, that was an opportunity to really show the world and make an impact, right? And obviously sales is super hard and I made all the normal mistakes, but what was interesting was even as I was progressed through my career, um, you know, what I ended up loving about sales, what really kept me in sales was I learned that sales really isn't everything, right? Yeah. Because sales really is your ability to influence someone to part way with some sort of resource, whether it's time, money, or some sort of resource, right? Yeah. So you realize pretty quickly sales and everything, whether you are a doctor selling to your patient while you need a prescription or a parent selling to their kid or a teacher mm. te selling to their student, we're all in sales, we're all influencing. And I realized by being in sales, the better I become at influencing, the better I become at sales. And then, yeah. of course, while being in sales, I realized it wasn't just about being good at influencing. It's about being a better version of myself, a better human. Because <laughs> you learn all these yeah. things, right? How to be persistent, how to have discipline, how to have a bulletproof mindset, how do you use, how do you deal with rejection, how do you work with different personalities, how do you actively listen? You learn all these skills that come about from sales, and that's not what I initially thought. So yeah. once I uncovered all those things, that took years. It wasn't like overnight. I'm like, wow, I, I love this. Over time, as I became better at sales, better at becoming a leader, better at becoming a human being, I realized, wow, it's really because of being in sales that led to these results. And that was a really cool thing. That's what kept me in sales mm -hmm. ever since. And then once I learned how to teach other people how to do the same thing, I got hooked. I yeah. got hooked and I stayed in sales ever since. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, lo I love that description, right? Like, 
you're right. There is sales is is in every aspect of what we do, right? And I've got kids, and and I'm often finding myself in 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 you know I've, I've negotiated million dollar contracts, but I can't negotiate with my child why they need to put their phone on the bench at night, right? right. <laughs> you know, so and I, right. I completely lose my shit. But I think it's, it's really interesting because there are so many elements, and I think. You know, it's 2020. There's a lot of tactics now. There's a lot of strategies. I see it all the time on LinkedIn about cold calling tactics, cold emailing tactics, um, cadence. And I love all the tactics, but I think a lot of salespeople are forgetting the fundamentals of what makes selling so great. You know, the bulletproof mm -hmm. mindset, how to handle rejection, yes. um, you know, how to influence, um, how to engage. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really interesting. So, mate, tell us. I mean, I know that you, you had incredible success over ten years. You know, you ten x your career through, you know, pro promotion after promotion, hitting targets after targets. Mm -hmm. um, what do you do now, and how do you help sales professionals? Yeah, great question, right? So, uh, so now I found a company about a year ago called Bentley Consulting Group, and I work directly with business business sales professionals to help them sell more and earn more through programs such as like Six Figure Sales Academy and other things that I've built yeah. out, right? But it's, it's all proven, tactical things that help people actually get results and actually puts money into the bank account to help them build the lives they're looking for. Yeah, awesome, man. And uh, what do you find, you're working with dozens and dozens of salespeople, what do you find separates the top 1% from the rest? Yeah, you know, what's interesting is like, what a great question that is. And there's obviously many, many, characteristics, right? Yeah. And I hate to, to kind of use a cliche, oh, it's mindset, <laughs> but it's really uh, being able to develop the right type of mindset of success. And that's absolutely vital, right? Mm -hmm. And what I find, those who are in the consistent top 1%, they just they don't just work hard at their job because anybody can work hard. Yep. You and I know thousands of people, if not millions of people that, that work hard, but do not achieve great results, right? So working hard is not part of it, right? But it's really the mindset. And that top 1%, they understand by working hard at a job doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. But if they work hard on themselves, that's a differentiator, right? Yeah. If they work hard on themselves, that's how they make a fortune, right? That's what Jim Rohn said, right? So, and when they do that, they become a better version of themselves. And, and in so many different ways, right? So for example, like, you know, like it's, it's knowing, okay, you know what, like, it's, when someone says, hey, Marcus, how can I be have a great cold call session on the phones? I'm like, you know what? Have a great night's sleep. Yeah. And they look at me like I'm crazy, right? <laughs> I'm like, well, here's reality. When you don't get proper sleep, how do you really feel? Yeah, You don't feel great. When you don't feel great, how excited are you to pick up the phone? You don't want to. When you're, you don't feel great, you don't want to pick up the phone. When you finally pick up the phone, how, how hard do you want to actually make calls and give it your all? You don't. Yeah. Because you didn't get proper sleep. It's right? a, you know what, man? mindset, right? I, I love I'm, I totally resonate with that. And I'll tell you, last week for me, um, I had a big week of training, right? I've got a few clients and for some reason it ended up, I had to, I think we trained across all the different sessions between 150 and 200 people, right? It was ridiculous. Um, session after session. And obviously on Zoom, it's, as you know, man, it's a little bit different than doing it in a, in a yeah. classroom, right? And mate, I was on fire, man. Every day the sessions were just, just insane. People were loving it, um, getting great feedback from people like, one of the clients I did in Australia on, on the Thursday. Then I had one in Canada on the Friday, but man, I was exhausted, right? I was getting up. I get up every day. I pride myself. I get up about sort of between 3 and 4 a.m. every day, right? But it's come early. Friday, man, 
I was yeah. fucking cooked, right? Yeah, right. And the session just didn't, it didn't flow. I just didn't, right. you know, I didn't feel it. And therefore the experience for the people that were in that session, even though they gave me somewhat positive feedback, I know that, it, you know, if I was to look at myself in the mirror and say, did I deliver upon what I expect of myself? No, I didn't, mm -hmm. right? And I think you're right. That whole rest enabling us to be the best we can be um, by resting and preparation is absolutely key, man. So thanks for sharing that with me. Um, yeah, so, totally. So, man, I'm, I'm actually pumped because the, the last, what is it, five, six months, we're going six months now um, where we've been kind of in some form of lockdown. I know where I live, we're in lockdown 2.0, they call it. We an hour out of the house a day. Um, but social has had a, it's been kind of LinkedIn's been reborn again, right? There's more people on the LinkedIn platform every day. <laughs> And uh, there are people that are using the platform in a great way. And there are some people that probably are looking at it in a way that, how can I just find business for myself? So I'd love to talk to you a bit about, you know, what are some of the strategies that you use, not just to find business, but actually develop meaningful relationships on the platform? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question, right? And in, in what I love about LinkedIn is... Um, it's it's a powerful tool, right? And it's like it's like having it's like a, it's like a hammer. Okay, mm. you can use a hammer, and you can build an incredible house, incredible mansion, an incredible palace, right? And you can build a thriving business using LinkedIn as the hammer. However, if you use the hammer the wrong way, you can destroy a house, you can destroy <laughs> things, right? You can destroy relationships, and you can damage your pipeline. Yeah, you know if you use it the wrong way, right? And and you and I, we see we're just talking about before. We see many people use it the right way and the wrong way. And there's also people right in the middle who are just kind of <laughs> trying their best, but they don't have a, a strategy to approach it, right? So yep. let's talk about some really tactical ways to actually utilize LinkedIn in a way that's actually going to, well, develop great relationships that will lead to revenue and, you know, money you're going to make, right? Mm. So, so I think the first thing is, um, you know, yet we need to view LinkedIn as a whole approach. Yeah. So it's not just like, okay, I'm just going to be like sending DMs and, and sending people messages and that's going to be my only thing. Well, well, reality is, is you have, it, it all starts with really your profile, right? Like number one, like if you think about this, when you are going to interact with anybody brand new, the first thing they do is they check out your profile. Yep. That's the first thing they do. If someone DMs me, sends me a connection request, they have a good comment, or I see, I see a post that someone else in my network liked or engaged with, yep. the first thing I do, we all do, is look at their profile, right? And is their profile properly optimized for the target audience? Yeah. And that's like the first big mistake I see people make is they don't optimize it for their audience. They optimize it for themselves, and what I mean by that is when you look at your profile page, that really should be, you know, it should be, I hate to say it, but it should be bait. It should be bait mm. for your target market, right? Because the first thing is if you want to develop a relationship with prospects and, and anybody else, you got to get their attention first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so your bait is really, really important. So that goes from what your tagline is, right? Your tagline is going to be the first hook they see, right? And you could you can put like you know account executive at you know XYZ communications or yeah. whatever. That's very generic, right? What's the make like, introduce your personality and make it clear about what you do? Yeah. Right. So for mine, yeah. I have a pattern interrupt. Mine says 
for uh, you know, from selling speedos to seven figure contracts. Yeah. People are like, That's what is, who is this guy? And then I've got to scroll all the way down to see where you're selling speedos. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. It's just a pattern interrupt, right? But yeah. it gets people looking at it, right? They're like, okay, what's this guy all about? And then of course, even my profile picture is a little different than most people, right? So I intentionally chose a different picture, different angle, different color suit. It's a full body. I'm laughing. So hopefully I look approachable. Mm. So already that base hopefully bringing people in to say, oh, you know what? Who's this guy who's commenting or doing whatever? Yep. So they're already hooked, right? And then, of course, your banner that you have in there, you can go into Canva, create a whole new banner, and you can, you know, it could be a call to action. It could be some credibility. It could be some social proof. For mine, I got some credibility and some social proof, and I also have a call to action. Yep. So whatever people want, right? But it's got to be aligned to your, your goals of using the platform. And then everything else on your platform from your about section, right? Like, is your, is your about section just like, you know, you know, like, is it boring or is it a story? Mm. I literally write a story about my background from, you know, where I came from to who I become to results. So people are really like, wow. So it's all designed mm. intentionally to attract someone in, right? Yes. And then the, the rest of my profile is really uh, more proof. And it's things that I know my target audience would want, right? And because I work directly with B2B sales professionals, I know B2B sales professionals, they want to make more money. They want to get promoted. They want to improve their skills and they want to build the life they want to build, right? Yep. So my profile literally showcases all that from the awards mm. I've won, things I've achieved, rankings, all the things that are really important to them, right? And then of yep. course, your feature section can have stuff as well. And then of course, on top of that, because of what I do, I know anyone interacting with me, um, you know, that potentially looking to use me, they want to minimize their risk. They want to know I'm not a scammer or sleazy person. Mm. And that's really for anyone out there. People don't want people don't want to get tricked. Yeah. So if you look at my profile, I have all these recommendations on there that are legit detailed recommendations from other people, clients and customers, et cetera. So if they're on my profile, they're attracted in, they're going to look all the way down. Like, okay, this guy looks yeah. legit. So you social right? proof it to create a bit of trust with the prospect. And, 100%. Yeah. So this is good, 100%. man. So what I'm hearing yeah. is you treat, opt- yeah. treat your – Treat your profile page as kind of like a landing page that really wants to attract, engage, and help tell a story about how you can help them. And, and, and obviously, make sure the message is clear to the ideal customer profile or your buyer persona that you're trying to engage with. 100%. Because, because once, they're, once they're, 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 they're bought into you, right, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to buy. And it's not picturing it that way. It's really your goal is to get them to just to hopefully like and trust you. Yeah. And see you as potentially an expert, right? That's really it, right? So yeah. then this way, if you're engaging with because remember, when you start to reach out to them to engage, if they see think you're a scammer, mm. like they're not gonna interact with you. Like those Bitcoin people that created a profile like three months ago, Man. right? <laughs> you look at my profile immediately, you're like, Red flags are going off. Absolutely. Right? Forex, Forex traders, Bitcoin. Forex trader. Um, oh man. Right? You know, um, yeah. I think I said to you earlier, like I even got, I even got called madam. I'm like, come on, man. Right, Surely right. my profile picture, I don't right. look like a madam, right? But, uh, right. but you know, what exactly. I love about, what I love about you, man, is um, we connected and you sent me a video message and it was yes. hyper-personalized. Um, yes. It spoke to me and uh, it, it really engaged with me. So tell us why you take the time to, you know, take the time to put it, because you obviously get, you know, hundreds of uh, introductions all the time. Um, tell us why you take the time to send a, a personalized video message. Yeah. So, um, you know, this very much fits my style, right? In, in a world, and this is the mistake I see, I see many um, reps and companies really make is 
they are uh, so focused on this buzzword of scale. Yeah. Let's scale, 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 scale. Let's scale this, scale that. Well, and 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 they they bank on it. You know, oh, we're so happy because we have a a twenty percent open rates. You know, and a ten percent response rate. Mm. Like those don't matter. Like they don't matter. What matters is how can you convert. Like open rates don't matter as much as conversion, right? Like conversion is how you build a business. It's how you generate revenue, yeah. right? So when people, when I send a hyper-personalized a video message because I know, number one, most people are unwilling to do it. Yeah. That's the first piece, right? Most people are very scared to do it. They're like, oh, you know, they find all these reasons yeah. not to do, to do it, right? Oh, uh, lighting is bad. Uh, I'm not camera ready. Uh, it's whatever, you know, X, Y, Z, right? You know, like, I, I want them to scale, right? But here's the reality. <laughs> um, you're better off sending, say, like 50 messages and getting half of them responding back to you yeah. than sending 100 template messages and getting five get, get back to you, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you are better off with a personalized message. So I do the video, right? Uh, and I know it stands out, which is number one. Right, uh, but also number two, it also allows me to build trust much faster. Yeah, like it, it. It's it's when you know it's a real person behind the camera. Yeah, and behind the phone, behind the laptop, you trust them more in a world where people are so scared of getting scammed. Yeah, like everyone's scared of getting fooled. Right. If you think about this, the number one reason a sale does not go through is simply because of buyer's remorse. That's really it. Yeah, people you're making a bad mistake, right? So yeah. if you can eliminate, if not minimize the risk as much as possible from your profile to that video DM, that video DM is very powerful. And on top of that, with a video DM, no, even, even right now, as we're, as we're recording this podcast, I'm literally looking directly into the camera. Mm. So hopefully they feel like I'm talking to them right? Then I'm not just talking to a camera. I'm talking to them. Yeah, It's like I'm exposing my heart and my soul through that, right? And they can also see my, my body language. They can hear me. They can hear my tone. They like It's not perfect. I'll, I'll, I'll mess up and yeah. say things and I won't, I won't even re-record it. I'll just let it go. Yeah. And it's very human. And, and I, I grew up with a speech impediment. So even if, I have my, if it kicks in, I will let it flow regardless and I'll keep it in there. Yeah. And it humanizes everything. I love that, man. I'm a, you know, and I'm very similar to you, mate. Like when I talk, it ain't perfect. I got grammar issues, right? Um, I grew up in a household. My parents spoke Italian. So there was always a little bit of broken English going, but that's who I am. And people don't pay me to teach them how to talk. They pay me to teach them how to sell and they pay me to make more sales, right? Um, and that, that stuff works every single time, right? And I think you're right. People don't want, you know, something perfect that's coming on the other end of the video. They like the authenticity. They like the realness. They like to see, hey, this guy or this girl or this female, sorry, um, is someone that's real. And, and you know, they, they're just like me, right? So I think that's awesome, man. I, I, and, and that's what I loved about, like, when I saw your video message, it was hyper-personalized. So if, if, if you're listening to this particular episode and you're sitting on the platform, because I saw some incredible data that, you know, there's, I don't know, whatever, seven, 800 million people on the platform, but there's only a small amount of people that are actually producing content still, right? Mm-hmm. If you're one of those sales pros that they're on the platform, but they're kind of still just using it as a social stalking platform 
and they're not actually harnessing the opportunities that sit in the platform, where should they be starting? Yeah. So great question, right? So <clears throat> I already mentioned the profile piece. So the yep. first thing is optimize your profile, just like I mentioned earlier. But let's just say, for example, now you're like, you know what? I want to produce some content. Here's the thing. Just so you know, here, here's the why you want to produce content. When you produce content, uh, consistently, yep. you will start creating uh, expertise for yourself, mm. but also you start generating inbound leads. I typically average between eight to twelve inbound leads daily. Wow! Right, my funnel every single day. Right now, it didn't start that way. I've only been really active on LinkedIn for about ten months because I was still in, working in a corporate job before that. Yeah. So, um, but I've been very intentional in my strategy and how I do it because I knew if I did it right, it will, it might be a little trickle at first. First is nothing. Yeah. And then a little bit of a trickle. And now it's much more consistent as long as I maintain consistency. Now, so um, with that being said, if you want to start creating content, the, the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure you are creating the right content for your target audience. Yeah. So the mistake some people make is they say, hey, listen, uh, I love cats. I'm going to write about cats. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> I love <laughs> I, I about sales. That's cool too. But if your target audience, let's just say they're IT directors, they will not care about that. Yeah. Right? They won't yeah. care you're writing about that, right? And you, unless your goal is just vanity metrics where you just want likes and comments, et cetera, you can do that if you want. But if you want to actually build a business and a brand in that target market, you want to write for a target market. And here's how you do it. Because oftentimes people are like, I don't know what to write. Super simple. Let's just say, for example, you write your target audience is IT directors. You can, you literally go, go hash and look at hashtags, mm. hashtag I, information technology. Look in there for the most relevant posts first. See what's on there. Yep. And look for who are the micro and macro influencers, those with a decent sized following who are trending. In. And they could be people in that industry that actually like, or that they're actually in that role, or they could be experts in that field. And here's the reality chances are pretty good that the comment threads on those are of your target market. Yep. So you go in there, you start looking at the comments. What are they saying? What kind of questions? Where are the conversation go? What are the pain points? What's important? What are the desires? Yep. And you start looking through that way, right? You can also go filter by the most recent as well, right? <clears throat> and then on top of that, once you find a couple of micro macro influencers, start digging into their past posts. Look for the same things, mm. right? And what you're looking for are content ideas, yeah, yeah. right? If you hear a pains or whatever, that can be a great opportunity for you to solve. It doesn't matter if your solution does not solve it. It doesn't matter. Your goal is you get some content ideas because then you, you can create some content on LinkedIn. And as you start engaging with people, they're going to see them like, oh, you know what? I love this person's perspective on mm. something about IT, right? <laughs> a specific thing, an yeah. issue, a hot button, right? Here's a rule, super ninja hack. <clears throat> Go on to Amazon and look up that industry specifically. So let's just say, for example, information technology or maybe get more specific. What are the top 10 Amazon bestsellers on there, right? In that specific field. Yep. Go into the reviews, look between, you don't care about the one or five star reviews, look for two to four star reviews. Almost guaranteed the comments are by the target audience who's buying those books yep. and writing their thoughts on there. The thoughts in there are going to be their pains, their concerns, what's missing. And you take those ideas and yeah. that's what you write about. 
That's good, know? man. You know, that's actually, you just, and sorry, I'm just, you just actually, I think one of the things that I've really noticed is that research piece that you talk about. Yeah. I've noticed a lack of research. Like, yeah. I'm not that old, man. I mean, maybe 38 to a lot of people is bloody old, right? Because a lot of SDRs are in their, in their young 20s, yeah, but- Sure. I think, you know, when I first started in sales, like we didn't have the luxury of, of Google, the power of Google right. and and LinkedIn, man. Right. And, and when I had to do right. research on buyers, um, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty fucking hard. Like you had to do it. You had to yeah. get in there. You had to. We're, we're getting our Encyclopedia Britannica yeah. out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right? We're checking out books in a library, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like he was actually really hard to buy. Ibis reports it was an old, you know, to buy a report, 80 bucks. And I, I ended up buying a gold membership. And so I could at least download oh, yeah. reports or I had to look at the company reports. And, yep. and you'd have to put a bit of research in to kind of get an understanding of the, the prospects or who's the decision makers and, I think now salespeople are kind of spoiled. You've got Zoom info. You've got tools that will just give you people's mobile numbers instantly. And right. we forget of the power of research 100%. and how it enables us to better serve our prospects yes. and better cater for their needs, right? And I think that yep. just that, what you've just mm -hmm. spoken about, I know that I don't do that enough. I do the research piece, but I'm going to spend time. I've got to write that down actually because otherwise it won't get done. I'm going to spend time on the hashtags, I'm going to do yeah. that more and I'm going to look, I'm going to look at the reviews because I actually really like that. You've got an engaged audience that's actually giving feedback yes. that I can then take that feedback mm -hmm. and create content that's going to compel them to take action. 100%. And here's what's crazy about it, right? So the mistake many people make, especially if they're selling to the industry they're not familiar with, right, mm. is they want to speak their own language, right? Well, that's a huge mistake. You need to uncover the language of your target market, right? So when you read mm. the two to four star reviews or you go in the hashtag or you go into the Facebook groups of your target market or the LinkedIn groups or wherever your fish are hanging out, take a look yeah. at their language. How are they describing their pain? Like if you're saying stuff like, you know, like this will give you this ROI, but they don't speak yeah, that way. It's not going to match. You're, you sound like a dummy. So chew. Yeah. What words are they using to describe their emotional pain? Yeah. Right? And those are the words you need to utilize in your copy from your posts to your content to when you interact with them. It's not about sounding smart. It's simply about use, using how do they talk? Mm. If they speak Italian, you need to speak Italian too. <laughs> Absolutely. <All right>? Like, <laughs> this is good, man. So um, for any sales pros listening to this, right, it's very simple. Um, optimize your page. I'm just going to reflect on this, on our conversation. So yes. optimize your page and treat it as a place, just like a landing page. It's, it's first impressions. Um, engage with them. Social proof it. Put some stories that tell them a bit about what you do that builds trust because we know the data is really clear um, that there is a lack of trust between buyers and sellers. And I think HubSpot has a report that shows something like 60 or 70% of buyers still don't trust sellers oh, yeah. they don't trust press releases and they don't trust social ads mm -hmm. so they've come yes. to your profile they've made an impression use it as a mechanism to engage with them tell a story social proof and share with them why they should continue to engage with you then mm -hmm. do some research about your buyer really understand what the buyer is feeling what they're trying to achieve what are their pains how do they talk what are they, what's their language research so that you can create some content that's going to compel them to take action and then mate just before we sort of get to the latter end of this podcast 
Now that they've done that, they've researched the buyer, they've got a really good optimized page, you know, what are some strategies that salespeople or anyone utilizing the LinkedIn platform can do to create engagement with other people? So they've done that research. How do they mm -hmm. engage? Is it personalized messages? Is it, is it, you know, do I comment on their posts? Where should I start? Yeah. So the, the, the easiest one is probably first starting off with engaging with their posts. Yep. That's the easiest one, right? So it's like, obviously, when you look at the profile, they're probably going to see that if they check that, right? But go on to their posts and take a look. What is your target market posting? All right. And here's a, here's a little, little ninja hack here, right? It's very easy just to hit like. Okay. Yeah. That's really easy. Okay. But there's like five or six different other things you can do. <laughs> it's insightful. You'll love it, whatever. Choose the one that is least amount used because mm. it will stand out. All right. Yeah. That's the first thing. The second thing, drop a very insightful comment, right? And if they don't have many comments on there, you'll stand out. But mm. you want to be insightful. Don't be like, I agree. <laughs> you know, like be very specific about what you agree with or opinion you have or fact or whatever you want to add. But it's got to be a value. So yeah. when they see it, they're like, huh, this person, was well, that was pretty insightful because that takes time. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to look at your profile and potentially engage with you, right? Now, if they have a lot of comments, because maybe they're a hyper-engaged prospect on LinkedIn, and you can use it for any social media platform, then you want to share it, because shares are even less likely to be done. And your goal is not engagement. Your goal is to get attention, right? You share it. Hey, check out Luigi's most recent post on blah, 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 blah. It was super awesome. Wow, thank you so much for you know, sharing, you know, Luigi. Boom. They're going to get notified and they're like, who is this person? And if you've already sent a connection request, which by the way, leave a blank, no notes in there, leave a blank, higher acceptance rate. Then they're like, oh, this person just shared my stuff. They must like my stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. That's now you're, okay. Yeah. Very, it's very strategic because now they're more open to like, who is this person? They're not, they're not just like pitching me. They're liking my stuff. Yeah. They feel good now. Like yeah. when someone, comes, someone you don't know is giving you compliments, basically, right? Subtle compliments. You can't not help but like them. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah no, you're right, man. The conversation. You cannot yeah. help but it's what happens, you know? I think, yeah, yeah, this is really good. I think for me, where I, where I fall over is I'm, I try to be very disciplined with how much time I spend in the platform because yeah. I'm working, I'm working with clients, I'm coaching, I'm selling. Right. And so right. I'm, I, I spend a certain amount of time in the morning and a certain amount of time at night. And yes. I find, I think one of the mistakes I think I've made of the realization that you've helped me see, so the aha, is I'm rushing through things. And, yeah. you know, there are, there are moments where I'm very, very engaged. I'm insightful. I'm looking at stuff and I'm, I'm providing value through my comments. And there are other times which I'm kind of just rushing through the motion to tick the box. Yeah. And yeah. so I think for me, the other activity that I'm going to take is I'm going to be I'm just going to take time to be more insightful and really consider the impact that my comment's going to have on somebody and how this is going to yes. make them feel. So this has been awesome, man. And I think yeah. the reality is we're definitely going to get you back for a second episode, man, because we <laughs> haven't even scratched the surface. And so I really appreciate your time today. But mate, before we sort of, I ask every guest this, and, and sometimes I've been forgetting, so I've got to make sure I ask, but I ask every guest this question, man. In your opinion, is sales an art or a science? Mm. Well, I don't think it's really black and white, right? I mean, yeah. it's, 
I mean, obviously it's, it's a mixture as, as people, you know, usually say, but um, the way I've, I've always pictured sales is, is simply this, right? Um, you know, there is the science part of the actual process and fundamentals, right? Yep. And that's typically what you, yourself and what, what you and I, we teach, it's, I call it the skeleton. We teach the skeleton, right? And the human being, the person that, that is working with us, they are the muscle, right? Now you can't be all skeleton, but you can't be all muscle. Yeah. And you need both. And we're to combine together. That's a beautiful mix of the art and science that makes sales so beautiful, right? And because it's 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 not always one plus one equals two. It's a combination together, that harmonious blend together that makes someone truly great. Because if you're one versus the other, then you you won't be able to have a repeatable result. But when you're combined together, that's when you have that beautiful uh, you know collaboration of really the art and science. Yeah, that's good. What an answer, man. And mate. <laughs> That's good. I actually got lost in that answer. But uh, so, where can where can our listeners um, find more about you and engage with you? Yeah, awesome. So uh, you you can find me on LinkedIn. Super easy. Just look at Marcus Chan. I'm the only guy with speedos in the tagline. <laughs> uh, you can also head over to marcuschan.io for slash resources. Tons of free resources in there as well, and you can get a hold of me there as well. Yeah, awesome, mate. Well, look, I want to just say thanks for the contribution you make to our sales community because. I think we need more people like you that are elevating our professional to helping sales professionals be the best they can be. And thank you for coming on the Sales IQ podcast. It's my absolute pleasure. Thanks so much.